Welcome back to another episode of Ends With Z. I'm Juan Fernandez, along with Cecile Munoz. And yes, you probably noticed we've been gone for a little bit. We have. We took our own version of a little fall break. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Well, really exciting news. We built the uh, podcast studio, which we call Bungalow Number One. Mm -hmm. It's almost done. And I hope that our next podcast will be from the studio. I'm so excited because we started off in your front bedroom. That was a little too noisy because of the garbage trucks. Yes. We moved into your middle bedroom. And that, of course, is where you keep your guests. So that would be a problem. And all your books. And now we're finally moving to the back of the property, a fantastic new studio. We've recently taken brand new photos there. We're going to share those uh, with our listeners on our website, endswithz.com, and also on our Instagram. So make sure you look for those because... I'm really excited. I think those pictures came out great. Well, our good friend Linda uh, Posnick, who mm-hmm. is a very, very accomplished photographer, she used to shoot with um, Herb Ritz. Herb Ritz, mm-hmm. an incredibly talented individual who actually also has a tie to the topic of our podcast today. That's right. We talked about it the day we took the photos, and we're going to be talking about it today. And it's ageism. Ageism in all sorts of industries, um, whether it's uh, media, finance, mm-hmm. um, we're seeing it just about everywhere. And I think what I find so interesting is because as as in everything that we do, mm-hmm. I always stop and say, why do we act this way? Where does this come from? I'm in- incredibly inquisitive, as are all of us uh, sure. in part of this podcast. But it started when I went to go get my hair done, of course. Mm-hmm. At, at my age, it's becoming uh, – <laughs> it used to be every two months, and then, then it was every – seven weeks and then it was now I don't even want to admit how fast I I have to have it done but anyhow is that because the gray comes out a little faster Juanita you've said the ugly word yes that's why I have gray nose hair now gray (laughs) eyebrow hair I mean it's it's I'm I'm there with you it's a lot of work Mm -hmm. it's a lot of work like (laughs) Dolly Parton says it takes a lot of effort to look this cheap which I love um but I was sitting waiting for my uh, hairstylist to take me in, and there was a, uh, an article that looked really interesting yeah. uh, from um, Los Angeles Magazine. I think mm-hmm. it was the August mm-hmm. issue of this year. And it caught my attention because it had, in my opinion, and certainly our generation, one of the most beautiful women um, that I think has ever mm-hmm. graced the cover. She mm-hmm. was one of the original supermodels, Paulina Poroskova. Mm-hmm. Um, she still is extraordinarily beautiful. Gorgeous. She's 56 years old. But the article was about her confronting um, all the negative speak, all the judgment, all the haters. She started being rather active on Instagram, Mm -hmm. posting pictures of herself. And people just reacted from um, some people being supportive. But for the most part, a lot of people just saying, Grandma, Yeah, hang it up, Grandma. Yeah, Yeah, I read that article, too. And I think uh, she started posting on Instagram after having a very interesting experience I'm sure a lot of people can can relate to. Um, They were in Las Vegas, her and her husband, and Mm -hmm. she dressed up to the nines, a beautiful hot dress, plunging neckline. She said she had high heels and lipstick on. And as she was walking through the casino, she felt that she was invisible. And Mm -hmm. in the past, when she was younger, she said that she would feel like there was a sort of friction when she would walk through a room. People were eyeing her, they would see her. And finally, uh, one man did stop her in the casino Mm -hmm. and she said it was to ask her if she knew where the restroom was. So, I mean, imagine that from being on the cover of, I think 10 or 11 covers of Vogue to in Sports Illustrated, yeah. and she is yep. very much a celebrity from the 80s, 90s, and into Rick the Rick Ocasek, yeah. her husband from the Cars. Oh, yeah. And even if she wasn't that, she is a mm-hmm. really beautiful woman. And 
Um, I, I think that we have all been in a room when someone really stunning walked by and everybody turns their head. And uh, Sean, our executive producer, when we were talking about this, said, well, is it because generally, generationally, uh, the younger generation is always stuck on their phones and wasn't really paying attention, mm. or is it really her age? We don't know. That's certainly an interesting perspective. But I do know that being now someone in my 50s, she's 56, 56 or 57, mm -hmm. um, that does, that is the truth of our society. And it, it's, it's almost as if the minute you hit your 40s, you start walking down and then you start running down and then you're just head fast slipping down the sinkhole of, of just judgment and disdain mm -hmm. and disrespect and, and disregard because mm -hmm. you're becoming older every yeah. year. And at the same time, we are now living in a time, uh, I, I, I've shared with you guys that I don't like this term, the, the woke generation where we're supposed to accept everybody and not pass judgment, but age is still the one accepted area where we discriminate. Absolutely. And they call it a, a demographic sinkhole. Basically, mm -hmm. you just fall into the sinkhole and nobody really knows what to do with you. As you said, with some generations, accept everybody, everybody's wonderful. But on the flip side of that, we're seeing a very different um, message coming from advertisers where people want to spend their money and how people are treated. Do you remember when you were in your 20s, Juan, mm -hmm. or even in their teens and 20s sure. and maybe early 30s? I don't remember thinking of someone in their 50s as older or a negative a negative association with that. Well, my first husband was mm -hmm. a lot older than that's me, right. so mm -hmm. maybe that's mm -hmm. part of it. <laughs> also, my father was in his 60s when I was born. Now we're the la I'm the last of seven. We're all, you know, we're, we're his only children. So maybe my mentality of age is skewed because my father was very young and vibrant, uh, well into his 90s when he died, unfortunately. So maybe my my mindset is different, but I don't ever recall thinking negatively about someone that much older, but mm -hmm. I do remember everybody else reacting to age. I remember when I got married to my first husband, everybody thought, oh my God, he's so much older than you. And even though you in our society- You can see it in their expressions, absolutely, right? Absolutely, mm -hmm. even though in our society, it is very much accepted for mm -hmm. an older man, you know, what do they mm -hmm. call that December, May romances, older man, younger woman. Mm -hmm. Now it's also a little bit more accepted the other way around, but there's still such negative, imagery around getting mm -hmm. older. I don't remember being that way. Do you? I remember wanting to be older. When I was 16, I wanted to be 18. When I was 18, I wanted to be 21. Those Why? Just because I felt there was a benefit to it. When I was mm -hmm. 16, I wanted to be 18 because I could be legal. My parents couldn't tell me what to do. I was legally an adult. Mm -hmm. Yet at 18, I still couldn't drink or go into a bar. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be 21. So that, that gap, those gap years between 18 and 21, I mean, they couldn't come fast enough. They felt like they dragged on forever. So it seemed to me like being older came with more perks. Mm -hmm. You could get around. You could do more. You were respected a little more. Even in my career, I felt, um, you know, when I first graduated college, I felt, gosh, I'm so young. If I was just mm -hmm. a little older, people would take me a little more, more serious yeah. because I was always being told, oh, you have such a young face. People aren't going to take you seriously as a, as a journalist. Um, you need more time. So there was always a, a positive aspect of being older. And the, the same with me. I always wanted to be older. I, I always was in a rush to, to hurry up and grow up. I remember right out of college, mm -hmm. um, I 
went to great lengths mm-hmm. to look older. Mm-hmm. I my hair, I straightened my Girls hair. Girls usually do, right? I There's wore, about yeah, that. Mm-hmm. I wore my glasses. I tried to because I wanted to be taken seriously, mm-hmm. and I think that women still battle that period being taken with, with equal amounts of respect and, and experience and, and gravitas um, mm-hmm. by by the business. Mm-hmm. But then at some point that flips, then then you're too old. And I, I think that this this myth of youth, this myth of energy, we also associate the younger people with having more energy, having more drive, having mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. Uh, gas in the tank. And I know in our industry, we there are a lot of code words that we use in the work that we do, that we hear. And uh, as you know, we work with large financial mm-hmm. institutions to help them bring their executives. Mm-hmm. We consult with them. When you say code words, what are you talking about? Are you talking about uh, in job descriptions to attract talent? Or, or what, are you, what are you talking when about? When clients, sometimes when people use to describe their ideal executive, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. someone who has a lot of energy, someone who has gas in the tank, someone who still has fire in the belly. But then we also use the opposite words when we when clients are are afraid to hire somebody too young there was a period of time it's it's getting a little bit less now because millennials are getting older right but 5 or 10 years ago it was almost impossible for us to present an incredibly capable talented millennial into a role where they're dealing with the ultra high net worth individuals people right. that have billions of dollars right. he doesn't have enough gray hair He's too experienced. He's going to remind them of their grandkids. Yeah. So it, it's it, it's interesting how it fluctuates to one way or another. And we were thinking, when did this start? Is this just recent, that this fascination uh, with, with youth? Uh, certainly in Los Angeles, we live that every day as Constantly. a woman who's over 50 in Los Angeles. Let me tell you, it is tough. It mm-hmm. is tough every day. You, you feel it. You sense it, that you are... Um, you do feel like you're almost marginalized in this constant pressure to look younger and appear younger, um, to be just to be seen mm-hmm. and to be um, to matter. Yeah, to people. Yeah, I can see that. Um, it's almost like uh, when you see somebody who is youthful, your 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 attraction to them or your the way you deal with them is a little different. In fact, um, I was looking in some of our research for this podcast. AARP, mm-hmm. um, which um, handles the 50 plus crowd. I started getting their brochures in my 49th year. Oh so, my God, they yeah. know it. Whatever algorithm mm-hmm. they're using, whatever database oh, they they're, I just, and, and it did, you, did your stomach sink a little bit when, when you got it in the yeah. mail? Mine did too. I refused yeah. to open it for about a year. Yeah. I just, I didn't even want to. I was deal curious with it. about the discounts, but you know what? <laughs> I know you were. <laughs> they were good enough for me to, um, to join them, at least not yet. But uh, what I wanted to say about them, they did a study and they were saying that. When it came to advertising, for mm-hmm. example, whenever they would show anybody who was a senior in advertisements, they were usually an older person with a doctor or a mm-hmm. nurse or some sort of um, medical um, sort of uh, situation. Mm-hmm. Yet when they were doing ads with younger people, they were surrounded by young friends, with people, they were smiling, they had energy in the mm-hmm. ad. So um, these are almost like subliminal messages, right? That people get all the time. As, as they're going through media and Instagram that old means alone, old means sick, old means sad, yet youth is everything you want to be. And it's subliminal messages, but it's also creating 
unconscious biases. Mm -hmm. It's reinforcing Mm -hmm. that belief system that you have one foot in the grave, uh, and yet the between the boomers and the Xers, which uh, I read that that the combination of the boomers and the Xers are called now Zoomers Zoomers. with an X, (laughs) which I think is great. We represent the largest purchasing power. Mm -hmm. We represent in in the billions and billions Mm -hmm. of dollars. We spend the most, 40% of all domestic purchases are from this generation. We 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 carry, if you will, mm-hmm. the the strength of the economy on our backs, and yet mm-hmm. they don't market to us. That's we right. are ignored. We're seen as you said, frail and and one foot in the grave, and yet, at least I know it's true for the three of us sitting here. We do not act and feel, at least we don't believe we feel, but we certainly don't look and we act like people of our age in the previous generation. And now it could be because mm-hmm. we're the three of us don't have children. I don't know. But we certainly have a lot more um, vibrancy to what we do. Mm-hmm. We, we are still a lot more active. I think part of it is because society somewhat allows us, but we're still talking about the constraints mm-hmm. that we feel. I wonder if it is our generation because I do see um, men and women younger than me that act and appear older than me, mm-hmm. that I almost feel like we're part of the same uh, generation mm-hmm. where they're maybe 15 to 20 years younger than I am. So I just wonder if it's just where we landed in, you know, the, the time time frame that uh, we just... Because of kids of, of Zoomers who were always, I'm sorry, of Boomers who were always uh, working out, the Jane Fonda generation, mm-hmm. the forever young generation. I don't know, but I think that uh, it's, it for me, I... Because I dance and I, I, at the studio almost every day, it's interesting. Whenever there's a new student or someone that mm-hmm. I don't know well, when they find out how old I am, and they're probably in their twenties, maybe thirties, they seem really shocked and they argue with me. What of my mouth actually said, "I don't believe you. I want to see your driver's license." Really? Because in his <laughs> mind, he couldn't reconcile that. I was still dancing. He was huffing and puffing in the corner, and he yeah. was, I think, twenty-seven years yeah, younger. A woman than me. your age shouldn't be dancing. Exactly, having a good time. Well, right? what he actually mm-hmm. said is, "Oh my God, you're older than my mom." Which you know that that yeah, was yeah, that always that, hits you. <laughs> that made me actually made me laugh, mm-hmm. uh, and which I said, "Oh great, you should bring your mom to dance class." Um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's really that ingrained, and you know it's interesting. They so advertisers and the big brands push uh, our generation aside, uh, talking about man, when I was thinking about this. So mm-hmm. so we use things like dirty old man. So why does he have to be old? You know, why, why, why isn't it just a mm-hmm. dirty man to, to have a negative connotation? We treat him, as you said, in advertising campaigns. It's just one foot in the grave. But yet the sales of Viagra are going strong. So in one sense, mm-hmm. we see them as one way, but another we're saying, hey, keep living, keep Keep enjoying life. And mm-hmm. I think that by doing that, we're missing out a lot of a lot of value in saying the older you get, yes, the wiser you get. Mm-hmm. You can learn a lot from each generation. There's there's positivity ahead of you. You don't have to burn out by the time you're 30. Take care of yourself. Be healthy. Mm-hmm. Make great choices because you're going to be around for a lot longer than you think. Oh, yeah. And you want to get there with health and strength and vitality. Um, so I, I, 
I wonder where this obsession with vitality only for the youth comes from. Is it multi-generational? Is it for millennia? Where does that come from? Mm-hmm. Well, it appears, Cecile, we actually don't have to look uh, too far back. In fact, uh, look back to uh, 1945, the year that the uh, boomers, that boomer generation began. This was shortly after World War II. People started coming back from the war, buying homes. That's when, mm-hmm. at least in Southern California, we saw that urban spread in the Mm -hmm. San Fernando Valley, all those tiny little tract homes. Soldiers were coming back, they were buying homes, they were getting married. Mm -hmm. Car dealers were focusing on building muscle cars because they saw, you know, these young men and women were coming back still in their late teens and early 20s. And advertisers saw that this was a brand new demographic in youth um, that they could target. And sadly, all these years have gone by and still um, advertisers, uh, television executives, they're still really focused on that sweet spot, that 18 to, to 49 spot where they want to spend all their money. And that's been the the case. I remember taking marketing classes in college, and it was always mm-hmm. the golden target was 18 to 34, mm-hmm. barely mm-hmm. made it up to 40. And it's interesting because, as I said, the boomers and the and the Xers, our generation, we we represent 40 to 50 percent of all uh, consumer spending, yeah. which is over $5 trillion a year. That's right, Cecile. We're talking $5.6 trillion in goods, luxury travel, cars. And mm-hmm. when you think about it, the people over 50, the 50-plus 50 crowd, like you and I, in the United States, there are 113 million of us. Mm-hmm. And within that group, we own 70% of the wealth out there. So imagine all that money that's sitting there mm-hmm. that uh, advertisers perhaps are not targeting or people aren't giving enough credit to because if you want to buy something, if I want to buy mm-hmm. something, we can make a, a very quick decision on Correct. whether we're going to do it or not. So that's that's something that should be looked at. It's Listen, it's, it's again endemic to the perception is one thing and reality is another. Right. And unfortunately... When you don't marry the two, you have this kind of disconnect. So mm-hmm. we're hoping, uh, Sean actually, our executive producer, brought mm-hmm. up this really great point. He said, hopefully the boomers will do what they've done er- throughout their generation. They were the flower power. They protested the Vietnam War. Right. Uh, they ushered in birth control and women's rights and civil rights. They were really active, uh, community-focused uh, uh Life is going to be by my terms. We're not mm-hmm. going to be like our parents. So hopefully they will continue to flex that muscle and our generation will join right in with that fight because we should redefine the way age has been perceived. We should take back our voice and our power and say, we are going to age uh, the way we want to age and we're going to take uh, control of these monikers and these images that are placed on people our age. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got to tell you, I personally think about when I get dressed or when, I, when I'm when i going out, uh, not that we do much of that still because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. but the, this concept of dressing my age. Age appropriate. Age right. appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still rings through my head. And believe it or not, when people say, because I, I, I say it to myself and when one of my friends say, say, oh, well, it's fine because you look good for your age. That bothers me. It bothers me because I think, well, why does being a certain dress size dictate mm-hmm. or, or, or matter more than 
age. So what, if I was my age but less fit, I wouldn't be able to wear it because I'm not as fit? Is Mm -hmm. it just the imagery that's a part of it or should it be the way we feel? And I think it should be the way we feel and the way we want to carry ourselves and project ourselves. But that's how much we have allowed, I have allowed, the media and and the, 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 the belief system out there in the ether, even though I, I'm very aware and thoughtful and purposeful in the way I conduct my mm-hmm. life, it still permeates because that's still you know, swirling around in my brain, edge appropriate. Um, you're too old for that. I wish I had a little share in me every day because that woman does not care. She doesn't care. And she looks fabulous. Mm-hmm. She's in her 70s. Mm-hmm. She owns it. She owns her mm-hmm. age and she doesn't care. And she's always been that way. I always quote her. There's a very famous quote uh, from Cher when, uh, when apparently Cher's mom was telling her, Cher, why don't you mi- marry a nice, wealthy man to take a rich man so he can take care of you? And she mm-hmm. answered, I'm paraphrasing here, Mom, I am the rich man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's that mentality of I am all the things that I want to be in my life. I can be in control. I can embody those things. Um, but it's it's hard it's it that's how pervasive it is but if we were just to stop and realize how much power and how much voice we have and how much uh impact we can make Mm -hmm. i think we can start changing things around so we've been talking about um, ageism in society Mm -hmm. in media and what we see out there in the work that you do cecile you you place people Mm -hmm. in very important high-powered positions you recruit people Mm -hmm. um you weed through many resumes um, how is ageism and how are you seeing ageism in, in your uh, line of work? I was reading an, an article for, for research for this podcast again, and they were saying that um, companies, while they can't uh, discriminate, mm-hmm. just the wording of, of the job description is is left to dissuade certain amounts of people. In fact, I've looked at, at job postings just for fun to see what's out there. And um, sometimes they heavily rely on tech Mm -hmm. Or they'll say something uh, requiring cutting edge technology Mm -hmm. knowledge or they'll say something as simple as under 10 years experience. I mean, Mm -hmm. that basically right there is is weeding a lot of people out. So what do you see in your line of work with the people that you place? So I'll talk about it from two different perspectives. I'll talk about it from the work that we do, Mm -hmm. um, the consulting work that we do, the executive search that we Mm -hmm. do for very senior executives. And then I'll talk about it from our point of view as to what's happening in the market. and what is specifically happening in the market because of the pandemic and because of the great resignation. Mm-hmm. So on the work that we do, you're right, there's all this, um, this, this veiled words that we use to, to dissuade or mm-hmm. to weed in or weed out um, different types of, of people, different types of skills. We also use, there's, there are words that are used to describe certain things that we want or don't want as i was saying gas in the tank fire in the belly um energetic energetic (laughs) right uh but it's also used the other way around mature beyond his ears right so it goes um so it goes either way seasoned he's a seasoned executive that means he has a lot of years of experience which is important i'm not trying to say that years of experience are not important they're vitally important when you're hiring a chief executive anything CEO, CFO, COO, mm-hmm. because you need them to have been around the block. Of That's where real experience matters because you have to rely on that person's judgment to lead a company of thousands of people contributing millions, sometimes billions of dollars to the economy. So those things I don't want to under I don't want to uh, uh, minimize that mm-hmm. that importance. But 
it is true once you start crossing the 50 boy you better be in a position where you think okay I'm here I'm going to be here for a while because coming boomeranging back around Mm -hmm. is challenging for people you you really have to prove that you have the energy and that you have uh, that you have the desire to keep working, then mm-hmm. they think, oh, he's he or she is ready to to retire out. That's what I was going to ask you. Um, when you're looking at a 50-year-old, suddenly retirement is not that far off, 65, perhaps 62 if you mm-hmm. retire early. So a company that's going to bring you on may say, wow, we may only have this guy for a decade or so. They use the term... How much runway do you have in front of you? How much runway? How much runway? Wow. uh, Before you take off to something else. Mm -hmm. Um, But the truth of it is people are working longer and longer because they want to. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. some of them because they have to. Mm -hmm. I don't foresee myself ever retiring because I love the work that we do. It's it's. I feel it's my purpose here on the planet to to really uh, engage with people and find that answer of human capital and unlocking the greatest resource right. any company has. So talking about where the market is today, because of the great resignation, because of people being so burnt out because of the, the persistent mm-hmm. pandemic and the stressors that everybody has been under, and because we now have the, the confluence of so much technology in our day-to-day life mm-hmm. that has allowed us to carry on during the pandemic and, and stay quote-unquote connected mm-hmm. and how much we consumers demand to stay connected. So now we have all this technology, but we have the largest portion of the workforce, which are the millennials and the Zs are coming right. up right behind. Mm-hmm. They are they are burnt out and stressed out. And they don't have for the most part, the benefit of perspective and years of experience of having just the simple muscle reflex of going through terrible stuff, overcoming and keeping going, that their endurance from what we're mm-hmm. seeing is not as strong as those of us in our generation. And right. if you know that we know we do not have enough people working, even hourly jobs, you're going to see a boomerang of, a, of companies now going after the quote-unquote older workforce to bring them back in the fold. You're, you're right. I've heard a lot of people burning out early, and it's usually mm-hmm. the millennials. They come in, the, so much is expected of them. A lot of these companies cater to them, mm-hmm. right? They bring um, the, the gym to the workplace. Mm-hmm. They cater food. But it's all in order to keep them engaged continually and working mm-hmm. and engaged. And you normally don't hear of some a friend of mine who recently left a very big company that hires a lot of millennials. I won't say the name of the company. Uh, But after a while, you know, at the beginning, it was that honeymoon stage of, wow, they gave me a laptop, an iPad, a a phone. Mm -hmm. When I came in, they gave me membership to their services. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he lasted more than two years because so much was expected of him Mm -hmm. that he just didn't feel it was worth his his own, you know, that personal work-life balance that a lot of people are now kind of seeing again. Mm -hmm. He didn't feel like he had it. And the boomer generation, for sure, mm-hmm. our generation also to some degree, but the boomer generation and, and again, the Zoomer generations, we were, we came up professionally during a time where it was definitely a plus to have longevity in a mm-hmm. company. If you bounced around a lot, that was seen as a negative. But the millennials, that that's not even a consideration. doesn't matter, doesn't matter right. to them. And so I was talking to, to one of my clients who runs a the the service center, a portion of the service center mm-hmm. for a very large 
uh, financial services company, they have, in the service center alone, I think they have about 3,000 employees. Um, he manages a portion of that, that that deals with the escalation team. When mm-hmm. things go really, really bad, they, this mm-hmm. is the team that takes care of it. He said, in a year, I have 100 employees, and in the last year, I have hired 100 employees. I said, well, what does that mean? So what did he tell you? That he had turned over his staff 100%. Wow. So what does that mean when it comes to institutional knowledge? Like, like I've been with my company for now 25, 26 years. We have some new management in place. And I've offered my history as an asset to them. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you ever need to and talk about is. something and to look back, I feel there's there's a value to that. But with these newer generations, does it just not matter? Well, you know, we always look at the positivity and we always look at the the glass half full. And Mm -hmm. so that's where I see the positivity really available to us. And I think it's going to matter more. That's one of the wonderful things I think that we can embrace and we can make real coming out of the last almost now two years that we've been living under. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what the Greeks believed. And that is... The, the old have something to teach the young so that they can reach adulthood in a better in a better way. And you're right, institutional knowledge is priceless. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that you you do things the old way all the time. Right. It's just that you learn from the past. And one of the, the best things that those of us of a certain generation can teach the millennials and mm-hmm. can help in, in terms of the workforce and getting us all back to a better place is that shit happens. Mm-hmm. We get over it. We get beyond it. That together we're stronger. That when things get really tough, you turn to people to help you. That you don't have to figure everything out, out by yourself. That mm-hmm. there are people who have been through similar things that are there to help you. That maybe you, you can't find the solution because you haven't been there long enough. Right. But someone like you could shepherd somebody at CBS. Right. Pass the baton along That's to somebody right. else. But you know, there is something very interesting about that. That's Again, it's just like we've been talking about ageism. There's two schools of view when it comes to that. There's two schools on that as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, we don't want to dwell in the past. The mm-hmm. past in the past. I wasn't here when that happened versus somebody who um, just wants to look forward. So it's 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 an interesting balance there too. Like everything else in life. And sure, that person wasn't there in, when that happened, mm-hmm. but you were and you're still here. Yeah, I'm still here. So <laughs> obviously you did something right. right. And again, and that's where we have to make the distin- distinction. It's not about the old ways are the only ways is even sometimes the best thing that you can say is that was the old way let's make sure we don't go there again or or what did that piece mm-hmm. teaches and i think one of the one of the greatest things that being at this age has afforded me is um the filters that i used to impose on myself mm-hmm. because i always wanted to do the right thing and i wanted to be respectful and all these other all these other conditions the mm-hmm. why i was doing mm-hmm. that I got to tell you, once you hit your 50s, those filters start melting away. They sure do. And they're, and those filters melt away because I'm more focused on making sure that I'm taking care of myself, that I'm doing what's right for me. And if I know that I bring integrity and responsibility to everything that I do, then by definition, then I will be doing what's right for the people around me or for mm-hmm. my, my team and my company. And remember, I'm sure you remember when we were in our 20s and 30s, Juan, we were always focused on... 
or more focused on what other people thought and how sure. what is this going to be things remember in our teenagers everything was dramatic everything was going to mm -hmm. be the end of the world right that is that is you know that that is part of being young so that is definitely something that we can that tempered calm hand if nothing else in the tumultuous times we still live mm -hmm. in that is very beneficial but i think we're going to see that that positivity uh as a result of the fact that so many people, you know, 4.5 million people quit their jobs in August. Mm -hmm. Between July and the end of August, 10 million Americans just quit. Most of them. That's this year, just this that's year. That's just this year alone. Wow. So, and we were already in a talent shortage. So you're gonna see companies get very real, very fast about where they need to bring the talent. And we will all be better if we not only put people on a multi-generational basis together to learn and grow and respect and support each other, mm -hmm. as well as giving more voice to a generation, just selfishly from a financial perspective, that controls the largest portion of, of the, the money that is available to spend in this wow. country. That's a lot. That's a lot of people who have uh, stepped down, right? And, yes. and last year, the third quarter of 2020, it was 30 million baby boomers retired. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people exiting the workplace. Mm -hmm. As you said, mm -hmm. there's a shortage of talent. Mm -hmm. And recently we saw in the pandemic after people went on on some assistance and them not wanting to go back to work to a certain point. So companies do need to come up. They need to pay a little better and, and to attract the talent that, that they deserve to have at the company. And and that starts by thinking differently. Mm-hmm. By using, mm -hmm. uh, by being, being aware of the words that you use to, to describe what's what's available at the company, what's important. I I was up uh, one night in the last couple of weeks, and I saw a movie with uh, I think it's Robert. Is it Robert De Niro? I get him confused. It's called The Intern with Anne Hathaway. Okay. Um, and it's that she started this um, this company online. It's a fashion company. And oh, she, and she has to bring him in, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. And they hired did, a reverse yeah. mentor, and he's a retired gentleman. Uh, and it was it's it's great because he he does exactly what we're talking about. He teaches people to say, you know, you you can you can learn from somebody older. You can learn from his ways, even though they were antiquated. Mm -hmm. I I think that we're going to see a lot more of that, and I think we'll all be better for it. And AARP, again, um, when they were talking about the age-inclusive workforce, they were saying producti productivity tended to be higher with mm -hmm. that intergenerational learning that hopefully is something that we're going to see more and more uh, with different companies. And another thing they were saying is that the population of older Americans is projected to grow more quickly than the population that we have as a whole. So we're going to have a lot more older people out there, and we are going to see them. I know when I go back to Florida, for example, to see my family, it is kind of a bit of a culture shock mm -hmm. for me because I'll go to the supermarket, and all the cashiers are over 60, 65. And, you know, they've got their hair done up. They're so happy to be working. They're a little slower than perhaps what we see here. Uh, but you see it everywhere. It's just uh, it's an older workforce, and they're happy to be out there. And it's because in certainly in developed countries, mm -hmm. uh, birth rates are, are down. So down the, here. so mm -hmm. in, in developed countries, uh, the the generations are getting older. Uh, I look, I, I think that one of the things that uh, the millennials are going to to realize uh, very quickly, especially as people start emerging out of living through a pandemic and wanting to reengage in life 
is that um, experience and knowledge and being uh, supported by people who've gone through a lot of a lot of terrible things in life or just life itself makes you stronger and mm-hmm. you have that uh, trusted person to to talk to to guide you through um, the trouble sometimes in life I think Millennials are gonna make very different life choices than what we made mm-hmm. we already know that they don't buy homes as much their their life choices are very different and so will disease but I think together we're gonna find the right balance of of how we move forward in in a way that we have yet to explore and I think we'll all be the better for it and that's exactly what we've been talking about throughout this entire the longevity of our podcast here is finding that perfect balance with everything because nothing is going to swing one way or the other it never does 100 percent you're going to have to find some happy medium to it and we find ourselves almost perhaps the way the 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 silent generation found themselves after World War II, where there was the silent generation, the generation before the boomers, the generation that went to World War II. There were called the silent. It it was called the silent generation. It's not the greatest generation um, I've heard before. The greatest generation uh, you're, you're referring to the book that was written about the silent generation. And the reason they were called the greatest gender. One of the reasons why they were called the greatest generation is of course, because they put a stop, to, to the horrors and atrocities of humanity that were predominantly perpetrated by World War II. Right. And also because they were of that, they were the generation that didn't complain, that worked very hard, that just was silent, didn't, that they just basically were very, very humble and, mm-hmm. and, and hardworking and, and never complained. They lived yeah. through, they were children during, um, during the, the last pandemic and they were children right. through the, the crash of, of the twenties and, and they just, they just, you know, must, they just marshaled on, they stiff mm-hmm. upper lip. That's mm-hmm. why we call them the silent, one of the reasons why they're called the silent generation. But the boom that we saw this explosion of, of opportunity and, in, in, in drastic changes, mm-hmm. at least in our country, I think that we saw in, in the, in the forties, I think we're going to see it now. I know that we talk about the roaring twenties, right? There's going to be a, 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 the pendulum is going to swing the other way after mm-hmm. the pandemic, mm-hmm. but I think from um, from the way we do things, how how we work, how mm-hmm. we engage with each other, I think we're going to see that reflective, like in the '40s. I think that uh, we're going to see different types of commerce, different way people work. And in fact, we're already seeing that when it comes to uh, commerce, we've seen the the boom of Amazon and how people mm-hmm. now buy most of their household goods. Um, online, they don't even mm-hmm. make it to the store. And when it comes to the workplace, your workplace now is home. Mm-hmm. You can be anywhere in the in the country. In fact, we saw a big exodus of folks going into smaller towns mm-hmm. where the cost of living was cheaper, where they could still pull a decent salary from a big city and live a different life. We right. we are seeing the middle of America uh, become heavily populated by coastal cities, people from coastal cities, and that's going to have mm-hmm. a huge impact. On, on a lot of things in our country, on business, uh, on purchasing power, political power, all of that. And I also read this really interesting stat that shared that um, people over 40, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs over mm-hmm. 40, have three times higher likely of being successful than someone under 40. And we're, we're in a period of time where it's uh, entrepreneurs are are just bubbling up in every corner Mm -hmm. so the partnership of generational partnerships 
I think will make those entrepreneurs out there, those budding entrepreneurs, that much more successful. If you think, if you're in your 20s or in your 30s and you're thinking, or in your teens with technology and thinking of of starting a, a business, getting support, advice, counseling, mentoring from somebody older will just, it's just a smarter choice. It'll make you more likely to be successful. Yeah, I remember when I was in college, that was part of the deal that mm-hmm. they wanted you to mentor up with somebody who could kind of guide you mm-hmm. um, in your career path because their knowledge had a value to it. Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, what we're all saying is that uh, jump into the pool. It's not that bad getting older, being in your 50s. I think that. Um, <laughs> it's gray pride. Gray pride. Gray I know. That's right. Pride. That's what Felina mm-hmm. said. Gray, gray pride. I Listen, I'm not ready to stop getting my hair dyed yet. So mm-hmm. it, that the gray pride will be something that I wear on a shirt. But the truth of it is, um, as always, bringing awareness and mindfulness to some of the things that we either, the conversations that we have with ourselves, the things that we allow to still happen uh, in our in our life and at work that are unconscious biases that we have towards people of a certain age. And it goes both ways, doesn't it? That's right. Mm-hmm. Those of us who are older sometimes make these generalizations about the, the, the younger generation. Mm-hmm. So the the question that we want to leave our listeners with, and we'll, we'll also put it up on our Instagram is what are some of the these unconscious biases that you have mm-hmm. about age and and how do we how do you start thinking about getting getting beyond that so that you can um, be able to benefit and, and free yourself of some of these constraints I know mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. the big one that I had to overcome is my my reaction to and I, I was actually upset when I got my AARP mm-hmm. uh, newsletter. And so now I am a proud card-carrying AARP member. Mm-hmm. And I actually look at the magazine because <laughs> it's it's interesting. And that took a, it sounds like something silly, but it took a lot for me to do. Well, for me, Cecile, and, and, I, and I'm sharing this with all our listeners, and, and I share it now proudly with my friends, but um, recently going to the doctor, the doctor said we should check your testosterone levels. You're over a certain age, the levels drop, and it's good to keep an eye on that. So when I first heard that, it just felt like the gas in my tank, what's happening, you know. Stigma around that. Vitality, uh, you know, I'm getting old, I'm withering away, Uh, but it wasn't the case. I I had it checked and, um, you know. Whatever you need to do, you do. I need to do, I need to do, and I feel fine about it. And when I talk to younger uh, friends, and that comes up, I'm, doesn't bother me anymore. But at, at first, it sure did. Of course, and see, this is yeah. this is how we can. This is what we teach each other when we change mm-hmm. our belief system. Do we mm-hmm. when we change the the energy and the pressure and the judgment that we have over something that naturally happens mm-hmm. in life? We're lucky enough to be able to do something about mm-hmm. it. That's how we go on living a happy, vibrant, productive life. And we can be examples for others. By me speaking out about my health issues, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm teaching younger people, hey, it's okay, I'm here. If you have any questions, you can come ask me. And right? we'll and we'll get past this together mm-hmm. and be stronger for it and be more caring and loving and understanding because at the end of the day, what matters is the quality of life we're living, Indeed. not the number at, that uh, that it happens to be when we 
put candles on a cake and have the luxury of having the energy to blow them out. Yeah, act your age, not your shoe size, even though, right? <laughs> uh, some people may want to, right? <laughs> That's right. I think I've known one or two of those people in my past. <laughs> And that will bring us to the end of another episode of Ends With Z. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please share and tell your friends. You can find out more about us at endswithz.com. For Cecile Munoz and executive producer Sean Moe, I'm Juan Fernandez. Have a good one because above all else, you matter.